Please insert opening sting that will make everybody laugh and want to listen to the podcast more right here. I'm Alan Girding, and this is the Tuesday Night Podcast, the podcast that's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and sometimes even under the gaming table. <laughs> it's the New Year's preparation episode. It is episode 162, taking place in 2018, the last episode of 2018. ho <laughs> ho. I don't have a whole bunch of time, so this is going to be a real quick episode with just me, Alan Girding, talking to you, because I need to spend my time preparing for the New Year's party that we're going to be having at my place. And it's very apropos, because we got some emails about just this topic. Here we go. Howdy. It's time for Interaction Satisfaction. Shoot us your emails, your comments, or your questions. We'll do our best to answer them. Alright, I'm going to check the email. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com I'm going to check our social media at PlayTKG. I'm going to read some of these messages and letters that we received. My goal is that we will eventually get to all the emails all of you knaves, knights, and nobles alike send us. But I'd like to start with Facebook. And on Facebook, we posted our last episode, which was 161, where we played the game Christmas Movie or Not. We got a response from Nave Greg Fengsk. Greg Fengsk replies, I heard about the tragedy with the dad slipping down the chimney. Nasty stuff. Happened in Kingston Falls, if my memory serves correctly. Which, fun fact, Kingston Falls is where many scenes of Back to the Future were filmed. He goes on. Does Princess Bride count for you as a holiday movie? It does for me. There's a giant paper Santa behind Grandpa as he reads the story, and it's really about nice people getting what they want. If it has Santa Claus in the background, that's good enough for me. Yeah. It's a Christmas movie. Plus, I'm such a huge fan of Princess Bride that the idea that that could be an excuse to watch it every year in the holiday season, boom, I'm sold. I deem Princess Bride Christmas movie. <clears throat> Sir Gamer Leaf wrote in and said, love the Christmas episode. Did her dad actually die? And this is where I have to rewind. What is Greg referring to? What is Sir Gamer Leaf referring to? This is what I did last episode in episode 161, the Christmas episode in which we played Christmas Movie or Not. I took a monologue from the Gremlins movie portrayed by a character by the name of Kate Berenger, and I just took that monologue, submitted it like a Knave Tonight submission, and we knighted Kate Berenger, the character from the Gremlins movie, Lady Gremlin, as a joke. What I didn't really think about was 
that some listeners wouldn't know the reference and wouldn't recognize that this was literally the scene from the Gremlins movie. If you listen to the clip, you can hear explosions in the background as the Gremlins are running around Kingston Falls, blowing things up. You can even hear Gizmo, Mogwai character, making the Gizmo noises. Whatever, that was more like a cat. Anyway, so for those of you that wrote in asking about why we had this and why Sean was laughing. It was a joke. There was no father that actually died in a chimney. Although maybe that's happened in real life. That sounds like urban legend type of stuff. Also, I'd like to note that I think if someone's father died, they would not share that story in such a dramatic way. With the big reveal of, that's how I found out Santa Claus didn't exist. It's way over the top. Yeah, and Kingston Falls is the fictional town in which Gremlins took place. It's the same set that they use for Back to the Future. So Greg was very clever in pointing that out. Thank you so much, Greg. So again, my apologies for not referencing the Gremlins movie. So Sir Game Relief obviously didn't know that. And for those of you who also wrote in or commented or responded on any of our social media at PlayTKG, now you know, hey, it was from Gremlins. Sorry about that. Moving on. Let's do another one. This one is from Nave Bobby Chatton. This one's a little bit longer one, so bear with me. Dearest Tuesday Night Podcast. I really enjoyed the podcast. I'm a fan of Alan, Sean, Chessbeard, B-Team, Lindsay, Delton's edits, the Knaves Turn Knights, the Ghost of SVJ, that's hilarious, and pretty much all aspects of the cast. What I enjoy is that the podcast seems genuine and casual, much like my own approach to gaming. Like you say, games are about the stories we make more than simply winning or trying the new, begin quotes, hotness, end quotes. At times, I feel like I don't belong in the board game scene because I don't enjoy Grid of Power or Terraforming Mars or games that just take forever. But your podcast and games remind me that I'm just as much a fan as a Eurogamer is. So thanks for being so chill. Here's my question. I'm throwing a New Year's party and none of my guests consider themselves, quote, board gamers, end quote. Yet, I don't want us all to end up getting bored, drunk, or just playing video games while others awkwardly watch. How do you recommend I throw this New Year's party so that it's a hit? Leaving all my guests with stories to share that happened around the gaming table. Nave, Bobby Chatton. Bobby, thanks so much, first of all, for the high praise. That's pretty sweet. I like that you had some inside things there. The Ghost of SBJ, the Grid of Power for Power Grid. Anyway, let's get to the question. There's a whole bunch of things there. I hope I can do it justice. And this will be the bulk of the episode. Me answering this damn question. Here we go. Bobby's ultimate New Year's party. Bobby, I'm going to explain this in five simple recommendations, followed by three simple rules. I call it my five and three ultimate New Year's party. Are you ready for this? Because we don't have a lot of time. New Year's is just around the corner, and I want you and your perhaps non-gaming friends to have the best, most memorable, story-driven time of their lives. Here we go. 
recommendation numero one. Start the evening with open table games. What the heck are open table games? They are games in which players can join and or leave during the game and it doesn't stop all the other players from playing. My recommendation is That's Not Lemonade. That's Not Lemonade brought to you by, shameless plug, Tuesday Night Games. It's a press your luck game. You're playing with three of your other friends. All of a sudden there's someone at the door. Ding dong, it's Sally. You leave the game to go answer the door. Good news, they don't have to stop playing the game. Why? Because it's an open table game. You let Sally in. You gotta do your hosting duties, so you give her the quick two cent tour. Sally, here's the bet upon which you should throw your coat with all the other coats. Don't shit on the coats. Next is the bathroom. Use this bathroom, but only if you're going pee. If you're gonna go to, let me know and I'll take you down to the dark basement. If you're too embarrassed to let me know that you have a deuce, then that's my way of saying, don't poop in my home. And here is the spread, if you will, of the foods. Eat them up, enjoy them, etc. But hey, let's get back to That's Not Lemonade. Oh, I'm gonna join back in. Boom, the game can continue, but better yet, Sally's in now too. Boom, five players and the game kept on going. So recommendation number one, open table game specifically, That's Not Lemonade. Great for the start of the evening when guests are arriving. Recommendation number two, television host games. These are the games that uses your television to host. You can just sit back and relax, Bobby, and let the television host for you. It requires some type of video game console or laptop. You can just plug in your laptop using the HDMI into your television, and you play games like Jackbox TV Party Pack 1 or Jackbox TV Party Pack 3 or 4, they even have 5 now, or the game Use Your Words. Everyone needs a smartphone, so it does require that you have some gaming console, and it does require all of your guests to have smartphones. But it's gonna be amazing. People are gonna wanna play again and again and again. And if you invest in just one of those party packs, for instance, how about party pack number four of Jackbox games, you're gonna get Fibbage Enough About You, Survive the Internet, Monster Seeking Monster, Bracketeering, and Civic Doodle. If you just go through all those games, that in of itself is an evening. I'm imagining you only have about four, five, maybe six hours of this New Year's party. That's gonna take a big bulk of it. But that's recommendation number two, television hosting games. Number three, Monikers, the cooperative version. If you don't know how to play Monikers, I don't know what podcast you've been listening to because it is by far the game that hits the table the most. But make sure you play the cooperative version. The cooperative version makes it so that everybody is playing simultaneously. You don't have to wait for turns. And better yet, it really promotes the spirit of togetherness rather than competitiveness. Because you're racing against the clock. Someone sets a stopwatch, not a timer. You're not setting it for five minutes or 10 minutes. You just see how long it takes all of you to go through this moniker's deck three times. First time through, you can say whatever you want to get them to guess whatever is on the card. Second time, just one word. Third time, you're not allowed to make any noises. Once the last card has gone through and the deck has been run three times, stop the stopwatch and see how long it took you. 
If it was two minutes per player, you're masters. If it was three minutes per player, not so good, but uh, valiant. And if it was two minutes and 30 seconds, you're right on there. That's a very honorable win. But hold on, what if you're saying, I don't own monikers? Here's the good news. You can play monikers with so many other cards instead of official monikers cards. If you have Cards Against Humanity, boom, throw down the Cards Against Humanity cards. Play monikers against humanity. What if you have Insider or Werewords? Just a freaking deck of words, cards, phrases, whatever it is, you can use it. Here's another one, Headbands. Use the Headbands cards to play monikers. If you don't own headbands, by the way, just do yourself a favor, go down to Target, Walmart, pick it up. It's always like 10 bucks, if that. Enjoy headbands, that's a game, that is fun. Oh wait, but here's even a cooler option, is making your own cards. What? Oh man, this is so fun. What you do is you get a whole bunch of blank cards. It could just be note cards, you cut them in half, and as your guests show up, you just give them five note cards and a pen, and they write down whatever they want. Under that, they write the descriptor. So maybe you get someone who comes in and they write down lemon party on one of their cards. Under that, they should describe what lemon party is, which is disgusting. Bit bam boom, once everyone's done that, Oh man, congratulations. You have your own custom deck of monikers cards. People really enjoy playing cards that they themselves made. Woohoo! Yeah! But if you don't want to have your guests go through the work, or you have guests that are too lazy, ask guests to make more than five or go out and get monikers, the official game. That's a recommendation number three. Recommendation number four. Shameless again, two rooms and a boom. Once you have everyone here and you know that people aren't really going to come and go for at least 10, 15, 20 minutes, I recommend throwing down two rooms in a boom because this keeps people moving and awake and engaged. I can almost guarantee that some people are going to go ahead and want to play again and again and again. Recommendation number five, Deception, Mysterium in Hong Kong. No, not Deception Murder in Hong Kong, although that's a good game. And definitely not Mysterium, because it is of my humble opinion that it's not that great of a game. But you take the best aspects of Mysterium and mix them with the best aspects of Deception Murder in Hong Kong, and you have yourself a fantastic game that I like to call Deception Mysterium in Hong Kong. If you're not sure how to mix Deception Murder in Hong Kong with Mysterium, you should just let me know. Email me podcast at tuesdaynightgames.com if enough people send in exactly hey how do you play this thing i'll describe it on the podcast maybe we'll even put something on our website to thoroughly describe how you play this game but again that is for the ultimate new year's party which will really get these quote non-gamers into games getting their feet wet into this whole gaming environment without intimidating them it's cooperative they will think, Bobby, you are the hosting king. <laughs> but I said five recommendations and three rules. The three rules. So what are the three rules? Rule number one, stick and move, Bobby. Stick and move. What the heck do I mean by stick and move? Don't play any of the games that I recommended more than twice in a row. You can play it once. You can play it twice. Then move on. Here is why, Bobby. It is always better to leave your guests wanting more than oversaturated and sick of what you're giving them. This is true for food. It's also true for gaming. 
Think of it this way. When you play a game once, and let's suppose most everyone has a great time, maybe everyone wants to play again. Indulge them. Okay, uno mas, one more time. Inevitably, though, people are going to start figuring it out or get frustrated that maybe they lost twice. Maybe not, but maybe there's just one person who's slightly getting burnt out. You gotta stick and move, Bobby. Move on to the next game before they get exhausted. I think the only exception to rule number one, stick and move, is if everybody is chanting simultaneously in sync, one more time, one more time, one more time. Without that, you just go ahead and you move on to the next game. But Alan, what if most all the players seem to be vocalizing they want to play a third time? No, Bobby. But they're not chanting, but it seems like everybody wants to play again. No, Bobby. No, stick and move. Chanting is the only exception. This is why. Some people will go along with the group, sacrificing their own enjoyment just so that others can get theirs. You have to keep everyone in mind, Bobby. This is the arduous task of being a host. Even though most, maybe everybody, wants to play again without that chanting... Stick and move, Bobby. Rule number one. Rule number two. Adaptability. What do I mean by adaptability? Well, I've given you five recommendations. They're not set in stone. Maybe there's going to be some issues. Maybe you have a guest that shows up and they're a technophobe. They do not have a smartphone. Well, that scratches off. Recommendation number two. Television hosting games. You can't do that. They don't have it. Maybe they'd be willing to go ahead and share a phone with someone else. That's not too big of a deal, but if you are going to do that, which I don't recommend, you should go ahead and only do it for one round. Not twice, just one game where one person doesn't have a smartphone. Remember, some people are going to be showing up late. Some people are going to be leaving early. You have to keep this in mind as you are throwing these games in front of individuals. Furthermore, you may want to rotate it up a little bit. Maybe because you can't use, use your words, you go ahead and you insert Mysterium in Hong Kong right there. Switch these numbers around. Again, they're just my recommended order. They're not hard in stone. If someone brings a game that they want to play and they thoroughly recommend it and it seems to fit in with this ease of entry where most people can be entertained, allow them to do it. Be adaptable. Don't be a dick. Be adaptable. You have to keep this in mind and balance it out with rule number three, Bobby. Divide and conquer. Inevitably, you're going to get some sandbaggers, some sticks in the mud. Hopefully they're not your friends. Maybe they're just friends that one of your friends brought. Friends of friends, if you will. And they'll say, nah, I don't like monikers. I don't know what planet they're on, but maybe they don't. And they're going to try to tank it. Well, here's the good news. You don't have to have all players playing one game at one time. In fact, a lot of games lose their viability the more players you add in. Not two rooms and a boom. <coughs> but... Other games aren't as fun with a whole bunch of players. Some people may not want to be audience members in their game of Quiplash. Don't worry. You can go ahead and set them up somewhere and float between the rooms, divide and conquer. You have some people who want to play heavier games. If they want to sit in the corner all night long playing Twilight Imperium, 
Sure, you're eventually going to have to kick them out, but if they want to do that, go for it. That's one group taken care of. Divide and conquer. You got to float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Divide and conquer. Stick and move. Boom, boom, boom. Be adaptable. Read the room. All these things with these five recommendations and these three rules, and you will leave your guests wanting the next annual New Year's party. Good work, Bobby. I'm glad you wrote in. Before I go, there's one last thing I'd like to discuss, and that would be the sponsor spot. Sponsors, yay! Thank you for sponsoring us. Send us free stuff or money, and we'll talk about your stuff, but only if we like it. <laughs> I mentioned creating your own cards. It's a great activity for guests to do. Unfortunately, it looks kind of crappy if it's just note cards that are cut in half. I recommend getting blank cards. But do you know where I'm going to recommend you get your quality blank cards? Why, thegamecrafter.com. Of course, you can get a whole bunch of blank cards any size you want. You want freaking hexagons? They'll send you blank hexagons. You want blank poker cards, bridge-sized cards, tarot-sized cards? Boom, thegamecrafter.com. But my recommendation is you take this a step further. I can have an entire podcast episode dedicated to games you can play with your own customized monikers deck. There's so many things you can do, code names, telestrations, with your own family and friends made deck. Imagine you go on to thegamecrafter.com with your own custom designed card back. You get your family emblem, maybe you have a name for your regular gaming evenings, like, I don't know, Tuesday night gathering, something like that. And you come up with a logo, a sales jewel, and boom, you print out this entire deck where it's blank on the one side, but on the card backs, it's your sigil, your gaming group's back. It's almost like mm, Keyforge meets your own games. <laughs> Check it out. That's thegamecrafter.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I apologize that it was just me. I know probably the worst episodes are Alan on his own. But if you disagree, you can really help us out by reviewing us on iTunes. This way, listeners like you can become knaves like you and maybe even knights. Don't forget to send us in your comments, questions, concerns. Podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com And follow us on all the social media at PlayTKG. I hope you have a great new year. It's been great talking, getting to meet all of you. 2018 was a great year. I'm super excited about 2019, which will be our next episode, our first episode of 2019. Woo! What plans do we have for 2019? Man, I'm hoping for Hansy. I'm hoping for Tooth or Bear. We got Two Rooms and a Boom expansions coming out. Two Rooms and a Groom. We got more Sean coming in, more B-Team. Oh my goodness, more guests galore. I can't wait. So with that being said, I believe this episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast is... Finished, Bobby. It's finished.
I accidentally drank some food coloring last night, and now I'm dying on the inside. Ha <laughs> ha!